Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. As a qualified nutritionist, I'm here to strip away the nonsense and get down to the bare essentials of nutrition and wellness. Join us as we debunk myths, chat with top-notch experts, and serve up practical tips that will leave you feeling empowered. Get ready to uncover the naked truth about living your healthiest life. Let's undress. Welcome back to the Naked Bonus Podcast. Today I have a very special guest with me. I have April Miller. April is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner as well as a certified holistic health coach, which is incredible. And April works with women and uses very customized approaches to address period problems, thyroid health, and also hormonal imbalances. So that's exactly what we're going to dive in today together, which I am so excited about. So welcome, April, to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that and the warm welcome, Michaela. So great to be here. Yes, I agree. Did you want to start off with telling us a little bit about yourself, your own journey that you've been on, what got you, you know, into this world of hormonal health for women that you're in? Oh, goodness. That is a long journey for sure. Well, I come, I'm an only child and I come from parents. My dad um, was in the military and was in a major car accident and suffered from severe PTSD my entire life. And my mother was an epileptic and I think an undiagnosed bipolar. So lots of emotions happening in my house. And so I I really, you know, when I struggled with anxiety and depression at a really young age, I remember having my first prescription at like the age of 10, which sounds insane to me. I can't imagine putting my kids on a medication like that at 10. But um, I was just told it was genetic or hereditary. Your parents struggle with it. So, of course, naturally, you're going to be predisposed to this. In um the meantime, though, I am what I would call skinny fat. I never had a weight problem, super thin. So my parents let me eat lots of processed, high starchy, low protein foods. You know, I grew up in the 80s. So, you know, chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes. And um, no one ever said anything or, or connected the dots to what I was eating and how I felt. And then as I became an adult, I struggled with acne on my back, or here in the U.S., we call it back knee, and major, major period problems. I remember having to miss school because my bleeding and cramps were so horrible. Once again, my mom had the same issues. So they were like, well, you know, you're your mother's daughter, and no one ever connected. Well, she struggles with estrogen dominance, and she hasn't corrected those hormone imbalances in your body. So, of course, you would have the same thing. Move into getting married, having my own kids, struggling with postpartum depression, anxiety comes back. This is the mid-2000s at this point, so not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And the um, idea of gut health is presented to me. And I was approached by a network marketing company to um, check out their products. And I have to tell you, it was my first time to take a probiotic and it literally changed my life. Like no longer needed anxiety medication. My skin cleared up. I felt amazing. And so I was like, wait a minute, what's gut health? Gut health just kind of fixed everything. And I know that's not everybody's story, but that got me thinking about the gut connection and what was going on in my body. So just started studying. I um, was a homeschooler by trade. All three of my kids are now grown, but I loved to study. 
and just became a voracious reader. And of course, when we find things that are exciting, we're constantly sharing them with other people. And so people started saying, well, that's awesome. Um, are you a nurse? What's your background? Where did you go to school? And I'm like, oh, well, gosh, maybe maybe I should go to school. And so I did. Um, my first certification was through the Institute, Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And while I loved that learning, I didn't feel like it really went deep enough for my satisfaction. And I started working with clients, but along the way, I lost my dad suddenly to a stroke related literally to the car accident he had had 50 years before. Um, and then my mother, a year after that, passed away from stage four breast cancer. And I think the trauma through all of that really propelled me into thinking, you know what, I really need a deeper understanding of the human body, of how to prevent cancer, of what really causes a stroke, of how to heal the body from trauma, of what really causes this epidemic of hormonal imbalances that seems to be like a global problem, especially for women. And um, so I went back to school to the, um, uh, where did I go? Nutritional Therapy Association. And that really, um, I think, laid the foundation for me to feel equipped to start working with um, people on a deeper level. And along the way, the trauma of working, uh, of losing my mom so quickly to breast cancer propelled me into early menopause. And at the same time, you know, my hair's falling out. I put on 20 pounds in about six months still eating. And I know it's a terrible phrase to say super clean, but I've never been one to eat junk, at least not in my adult life. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm eating well, I'm moving my body, practicing some of these things that we're going to talk about today, like intermittent fasting and low carb, and the weight just keeps piling on. Um, I'm anxious. I have my first panic attack. I remember my husband saying that he's invited people over to our house for a little cocktail party for the holidays. And I literally feel like the walls are just about to cave in on me. And he's like, what is wrong with you? And the doctor's solution was to put me on statins because my cholesterol was increasing and give me that dreaded antidepressant because that's the solution for women that are in perimenopause. I'd already had an ablation because my periods had become out of control. And in the US, I don't know about Australia, but if you are finished having kids, they think, well, gosh, you don't need those organs anymore. So my my options were a hysterectomy, which I really just didn't want to go through something so invasive or an ablation. And I thought, an ablation? I don't need a period. That sounds great. Really not understanding, once again, the hormonal consequences of even something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I didn't have a period, no one thought, well, she's in menopause and I couldn't get anybody to check my hormones and I was miserable and finally just took matters into my own hands through my um, certifications. I was able to access my own lab testing and finally put the dots together and uh, develop a protocol to heal myself and get on hormone replacement therapy, support my liver, lose the weight. And I never want women to go through what I went through. I really want women to, to understand there's a solution out there and you don't have to suffer. Wow, what a journey. What that was probably way more information than what you wanted. <laughs> no, that's incredible. And I think the light that you were shining on all of this is just absolutely amazing to 
like the fact that you individually are so incredibly self-aware of that you weren't getting the answers that you wanted is just really powerful but now you get to change the story for so many other women which is just amazing and really really incredible that you hold that space for so many women and i think it's it's almost borderline dangerous how hormonal imbalances and the way that it plays out is it's not normal but it's accepted and it's common and it's just like yes. oh you know you have really bad period pain well it's okay because your mum had really bad period pain or you have irregular periods or bad acne or whatever it is and it's not it's not like meant to be that way but it's almost like we're just like it's okay though like women yeah. you know meant to experience that and at the end of the day if you are having irregular periods and you know, it just doesn't feel right. It's probably because it's not meant to be like that right. either. So right. I think like that's one area that you were shining light on as well, which is great. And it needs to be spoken about because I also think that hormones, periods, is a bit of a taboo topic. And sometimes people get a bit funny talking about it. We all have it. We all go through it, right? And the more that we can have exactly. open conversations about it, the more we can understand how our bodies are meant to function, where our hormones are meant to be, what hormones need to be balanced, what are the most common hormones that aren't balanced for a lot of women. So I think that's absolutely amazing. And then just how you were so self-aware about how trauma manifests in the body as well. And I am so incredibly sorry to hear about both of your parents that you know would have been so tough for you. But the fact that you were like, okay, well, this trauma that I'm now holding on to for everything that I've been through is manifesting in my body in a particular way. And this is an area that I think is becoming more and more spoken about or there's light being shone on it of how much like if you go through something and everybody's heart is different right but it will manifest in everybody's body in a different way and how much yes. if you hold on to that trauma you hold on to that stress you live a life that is constantly go 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 all the time and you are putting your body in that fight or flight mode 24 7 it is going to have consequences. Like our bodies are not meant to be functioning like that. So yep. I just think, you know, the whole journey that you've gone on, how, what it like, like what it has sparked in you and what you are doing now is just absolutely incredible. It's just amazing. Thank you. Mm. So for some of the listeners who are listening to this and they're like, well, I feel like maybe my hormones are, you know, a little bit imbalanced or I just don't feel right when I have my period, have really bad period pains, like whatever it is, what are some some of the most common signs and symptoms that somebody does have hormone issues? Well, I would say a lot of the um, most common signs and symptoms, we don't even correlate to imbalanced hormones. And when a woman comes to me and she says, I just want to balance my hormones, I want her to understand that that's like the fourth rung on the ladder. You know, there's so many things that are ahead of balancing your hormones because imbalanced hormones are a consequence of some other metabolic crack in your wow. foundation. And so... You know, if someone is having in so many of these things, you know, we like to compartmentalize, especially in the U.S. We are just tethered to our diagnosis, right? It almost becomes a label for us. And so we want to say, oh, I have period problems and I have anxiety and I'm unable to go to the bathroom daily, which I can't believe how many women don't poop daily and how that is just wrecking your health. Something else we don't talk about enough. 
um, or I have, you know, bad skin. And, and the fact is, is all of these things are connected. And so I try to encourage women to work on their metabolism as a whole. And I'm a few decades older than you, but when I was closer to your age, I'm almost 50. When I was closer to your age, um, it's I used to be able, this was back when I used to eat crap, but there was a, a fast food drive-in that everybody would hang out at in high school. And they had the best chili hot dogs. And I used to be able to eat two of them and not gain any weight. And so people would say, oh, you have a fast metabolism. And then on the flip side of that, someone that had a weight problem, we would say, oh, you have a slow mm -hmm. metabolism. Well, what I'm understanding through my studies and working with women is that your metabolism has very little to do with your body composition because I do work with women that are clinically obese that actually have fast metabolisms and many women that have no outward body composition issues. All of their health struggles seem to be internal and yet they have very sluggish metabolisms. So that label really shows us the speed of our digestion, how well we're breaking down our food and then a consequence of that is how well we're absorbing our food, our gut health, and then our detox processes. All of those are connected in that order. And then the consequence of all of that is your hormonal response. Mm, so interesting. And so for everybody, it's going to be entirely different. I think what you said about it doesn't, it's not just about a look on the outside, right? Like you have to get to the root and understanding of you individually. And I think this is where it's really important to note that health isn't a size and you might look a certain way or fit into that box that society, you know, tells us is the right box to be in. Yet you do have those underlying issues that do need work. Yes, exactly. You know, just to that point, there is a lovely girl that I follow on Instagram, and she's a bit of an, an influencer in the kind of the fashion social world, not so much health and wellness. But and she's a very small girl, very fit, but she struggles with severe psoriasis, um, debilitating anxiety, and um like really massive boobs. And she's admitted that even though she has a small body composition, she really struggles with losing belly fat and oh, she's precious, but she's one of those that um, is constantly talking about her health issues on Instagram. And when I know the solution, it's really difficult for me not to reach out. And so um, I'd met her. She's local. So I'd met her at a couple of events here in my hometown. I said, have you ever considered that all of this is connected? And I would love to know what your periods are like. And she goes, mm -hmm. oh, I don't have a period anymore. I have an IUD in. And she's like, and I was like, well, what propelled you to have the IUD? Well, I, I used, you know, my periods were horrible. So I decided just not to to mess with them. I, I got rid of them. I don't have kids right now. And I was like, okay, well, have you considered that, that your painful, heavy period is a symptom of estrogen dominance that is causing you to hang on to the belly fat, to have your boobs continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, experience that crippling anxiety and the skin issues that you complain about. And she was like, oh, 
her husband has happens to be a doctor. So she's like, no, they, those couldn't be connected. And I was like, okay, well, I, I would encourage you to do your research. And so, and that's just an example of women that we just don't understand that the body wants to maintain balance in homeostasis. And so when mm-hmm. we stop hormone expression via an IUD or hormonal birth control, or we have something that needs to be corrected, like a painful and heavy period, um, it's not, it's very common, but not normal. It's going to kind of bubble up like a cauldron mm-hmm. and manifest itself in another area. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. And I know that for me on my own journey with hormones and, and similar sort of thing of when I was the smallest version of myself and I really felt like I was fitting into that box. I was also the unhealthiest version of myself because I didn't have a period and my periods Mm -hmm. were really irregular. I did, my anxiety was through the roof. My moods were up and down. My fatigue was just like astronomical, like every day, some day struggled to get out of bed. And when I would go to the doctors and be like, I don't have a period, this is everything I'm experiencing, their solution would be, it's okay, just go back on the contraceptive pill and you're like, yes. you know, your period will come back. And it was just such right. a, a constant, you know, a lot of them didn't even test my hormones or anything like that. It was like, this is just what you have to do. And exactly. I never wanted to go back on the pill because it impacted my emotions and my moods too much so i knew that i needed something i need i needed to get to the bottom of it so i just kept going to doctor after doctor it was insane how many women's health specialists i went to general practitioners chinese doctors acupuncturists like everything to work out what is going on and it wasn't until you know somebody actually read my my blood tests for my hormones and were like well they're in the range but they're on like right on the cusp Mm -hmm. of it and so the doctors Mm -hmm. had looked over and been like well you're in the range so you're fine whereas one particular doctor had been like well this doesn't actually add up because yes you're in the range but not where they're actually supposed to be for a healthy functioning female and it wasn't until that was the point that i was then able to get my period back and it, you're right, everything's connected. My anxiety, I then worked on my anxiety. My energy levels are so much better. And I just find it so interesting that it, it's just such a common solution of, well, just go on the contraceptive pill, just go on, yes. you know, the hormone blockers or whatever they are in that, the contraceptive form that you want to and how that can actually manifest. And for me as well, like before I went on the pill, I had acne, went on the pill, came off the pill, and then you know my period was almost up for years and then once my hormones started finally working themselves out again like the acne came back and so it's because my body had never gone through that whole process right and so when i was meant to be going and having hormonal acne at such a young teenage age now i was experiencing it like 24 25 mm. years of age because it had mm-hmm. just been prolonged right right we we just suppressed those symptoms with yeah. the birth control pill and i see it all the time and and honestly the longer that you're on the pill the more those symptoms start to sort of just kind of bubble out and we don't ever associate it with being on the pill. And then coming off the pill, how many women struggle with fertility? Because literally the pill puts you in a menopausal state. There's no communication between your hormones. And then we expect to get off the pill 
and everything just to function normally. For most women, it doesn't. It causes a whole host of other situations that have to be worked on. I am actually working with two clients right now that have been on birth control, and they're both young. They're in their early 20s. They've been on birth control um, for five years or more, and just through working with them and, and, and helping them, guiding them to restore their metabolic health, I encouraged them to get off the pill, and they did. And one of them, after she got off the pill, about three months later, we ran a Dutch test and it showed that she was not ovulating at all. And her mother freaked out. She was like, my daughter is not ovulating. She, I mean, I want grandkids someday. How can we fix this? And I had to just encourage her, keep doing what we're doing, which is nourishing the body well, balancing the minerals, or I should say optimizing the minerals, supporting the liver, helping the body understand that it's in a safe and nourished place. And eventually she will begin to ovulate again, but it took several months after getting off of birth control and the same situation for the second woman she has struggled with. She's an athlete and teaches jujitsu classes, super active, but she's about 20 pounds heavier than what she wants to be. She's like, I don't understand why my weight keeps coming on. I'm extremely emotional. And it uh, turns out also she's struggling with ovulation, which a lot of women, we don't understand the role of hormones in our body. I mean, we know we have estrogens and we know we have progesterone, a little bit of testosterone, but they all have such unique responsibilities in a body outside of even reproduction. And I tell women all the time, you know, our progesterone is our chill, relaxed, everything's cool. And, you know, even as an almost 50 year old, I'm on hormone replacement therapy, but if I don't have my progesterone cream, my anxiety just starts to tick up and I need it. And that's the same situation for ovulating women. You know, we need a robust ovulation to produce adequate amounts of progesterone to keep us relaxed and happy. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And even just becoming familiar with where you're at in your cycle and understanding the different signs and symptoms that your body gives you. And I remember when, you know, when I didn't have a period, obviously back every day was just completely random because my hormones were not where they're supposed to be and they were not in check. And now like I literally can almost feel when I'm ovulating because my body will give me those signs and it's crazy. And it, it's actually kind of really empowering to be at that point where you are so in tune with your body where you're like, Oh, we're at ovulation. Like, thanks for giving yes. me those signs, which is pretty cool. But it's interesting even with all my clients and how where they're at in their cycle impacts you know how they they look in the mirror and what they think of themselves and so often you yes. know they'll send me a message and be like oh like i'm having you know a really poor body image day today like i don't feel confident at all i'm having all of these unhelpful thoughts and i'll be like where are you at in your cycle and yep. more often than not you know they'll be that week leading into their period or they will have just started their period and it's like it makes sense you know that's where your hormones are balancing out or they'll have mm -hmm. extra strong cravings or they'll be extra hungry and all of these things and i'm like if you can actually learn to work with your cycle and understand yes. that okay well at this point in my cycle, I am going to think this way, like, or it's going to be more common for me to think this way. I'm going to crave extra food. I'm going to be extra hungry. My body's going to be extra tired. And so you know that it's coming. So you structure your days and those weeks around that. 
I guarantee you that then that respect is going two ways. You're respecting your body, so your body's actually going to respect you back. And, you know, your energy level is going to be a lot better. You're going to be able to be a lot more compassionate to yourself. I just think there is so much power in understanding that for women. We are on a 28-day cycle, give or take. We're not men. We don't have a 24-hour clock. Right. I, You know what? I love that because as women, I think we struggle with looking at symptoms or our body as working against us. Yes. When really, when we're in tune with our cycles, we can harness its power. You know, as a woman who is um, approaching ovulation, that's when we have so much energy and focus. We can kill it in the gym. We can really knock out major creative projects. And then after ovulation, as our body shifts into more of a cocoon-like, nesting, preparing for a baby situation, you know, it wants deep nourishment. And we think all these cravings, you know, um, are working against us or we don't have self-control. I see that a lot as I just can't control my cravings. And I'm like, well, let's, you know, dissect what are your cravings telling you? And for a woman that's in her luteal phase, you know, this is probably some type of min mineral that your body is needing for more balance. You know, for craving chocolate, you probably need more magnesium or you need to just rest more. You need to not be pushing so hard in the gym. You need to be adding more carbohydrates into your diet during this time. And just so I, I love the work that you're doing to empower women to really understand what's going on in their cycle and, and to use it in our favor. Yeah. And because if you learn to use your period like your report card, it's going to give you the feedback that you need to adjust whatever you need to adjust for the next month. Perfect example yes. is like before my last cycle, like three weeks ago, I had been very, like my period was to the day, like 30 days, very consistently. And it was late for the last cycle. But in fairness, like I had been going through so much stress of moving from like Gold Coast in Australia back to Melbourne and then moving from Melbourne to Bali. Like there was just so many moving parts and continuing to run my business on top of that and a lot going on. And so for me, it was like, okay, well, my period's late because my body is so stressed out. What can I actually do then to take some of that stress away, to give my body that extra rest and recovery that it needs to make sure that it still feels like it's in a safe space? I think and like unfortunately going through HA, like high hypothermic amenorrhea, where like I lost my period due to life stress, it's always now in the back of my mind of, am I eating enough? Is my exercise yes. right? Is my lifestyle stress all right? Because I never ever want to go through that where I, I lose it again. So it's forever playing in the back of my mind. But I guess like it sometimes it gives me that reminder of it's okay to just slow down and just to give your body what it needs. And the, I always say like your body will whisper at you before it screams. And if you yes. can tune into those whispers and give it what it needs, it means it's going to, it's not going to manifest into something bigger. Yes, I 100% I agree. And, you know, I think as women, we need to recognize how sensitive our bodies are to stress. And it's not a bad thing. We are created to be intuitive and emotional and extremely connected to the earth. Of course, we're going to be um, high vibration beings and very, very sensitive beings because of that. 
And stress just affects us so differently than it does men. And because of that, that's why, you know, I tell women, even women that need to lose weight, which I don't really focus on weight loss in my business, but it happens to be a consequence of a lot of other things that are broken in a metabolism. You know, if you want to lose weight, you probably need to be eating more because when we start to gain weight, we, we have a tendency to eat less and less and less. And all that's doing is increasing systemic stress, which mm -hmm. is another reason why I'm not a fan of, of fasting. When I transitioned completely into menopause, I was my mother's um, sole caretaker. I was OMAD eating one meal a day. And, you know, I wasn't hungry because that's what stress does. It suppresses our appetite. Um, we're producing excessive amount of cortisol. So, you know, of course, we're not going to be hungry. But I think one time I added up what I was eating on a typical day and it was around like 900 calories, you know, of yeah. course, my body just completely mm -hmm. fell apart after that. I was not nourishing it enough. And it, yeah. it took, I want to say close to two years of me being really intentional about eating enough, making sure I was getting in plenty of potassium, um, plenty of sodium, all of the micronutrients to support my body to truly heal. And I'm still on that journey, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, wow. And I guess like when you put into perspective, a toddler needs a minimum of 1,200 calories. Oh, so yes. for a fully grown, you know, woman or a grown woman to eat anything near that is like just so detrimental to the to your health. And yes, if women like, and if, you know, your story can even just shine light to other women of, well, if you can actually become self-aware of these issues earlier on, like your journey is going to be so much more beneficial because the longer that you have these hormonal issues, the longer that you constantly put your body under that stress, the longer your journey of healing is going to be because of the impact yeah. that it does to your body, which I just think is absolutely. Crazy. We've yeah. got to have fuel and nourishment with your clients. Do you ever have them log their food so you can see what they're eating? Yes. You know, I, I have worked with, um, a few hundred women at this point, one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And when I have them log their food, I would say fewer than five, and I'm not exaggerating, fewer than five are um, struggling with weight because of an excessive amount of eating. Most of them are grossly under eating and we have to coach them through a reverse diet to um, support eventual yeah. fat loss. And of course they don't want to hear that because when you're reverse diet dieting, that takes weeks, if not months to recalibrate the metabolism so that you can finally put them in a slight calorie deficit to promote fat loss. But that's the consequences of chronic under eating. Right. I truly believe that women underestimate how much they're meant to be eating. And, you know, I think it's time that we kind of take that step back and look at the bigger picture. I get that there are so many diets out there that are promising you these amazing results and they're sexy and they're appealing and you know they're shiny objects to the eye really but 
if if you go, continue to go on them, like if nothing changes, nothing changes. You keep going on these diets, you keep eating less and less and less and less. You honestly are going to keep getting the same result of like that weight rebounding and you regain yes. more weight or going back to the same weight. Yes. Whereas, and if you, you could keep doing that, you know, eight week challenge after eight week challenge and the 12 week challenge for the next 10, 20, 30 plus years. And that is exhausting. It is exhausting mentally. It's exhausting physically on the body. Your body is in such a stress state. Whereas if you can be like, all right, I'm going to dedicate the next... 12 months to actually reverse dieting, healing my body, then, you know, focusing on everything else I need to, I guarantee you like 12 months, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit less, depending on where you're at, you are then going to be at a point where you can maintain your weight, where you have amazing energy, your digestion is great. And that means that you actually then just get to live your life rather than feeling like you're forever dieting, forever restricting, forever in this stress state, forever fatigued. Like you actually become the healthiest version of yourself. And those 12 months, you will thank yourself time and time again for sticking out and doing the journey that it's not, it's not as sexy and it's not as appealing as I, I get that, but it is the most beneficial way that you can yes. you can go about it. And if you actually want to live a life where you get to enjoy moments and you're not thinking about food 24 seven and you're not constantly moody and fatigued, like you have to, you have to put the work in. That's absolutely right. It comes down to doing the hard work and most of it's mental yeah. and consistent effort. You know, we're always, always looking for those quick fixes. And for most of them, they actually work. You know, if, if a, client wants to lose 10 pounds. Yeah. You can probably lose two, 10 pounds by starving yourself or going keto or eliminating carbs or doing some sort of, you know, fast, but is it sustainable? No. And, and, you know, the women that, well, I'll just give you another example. Mm-hmm. I've, I have looked at myself at 118 pounds, which is a pretty low weight for me. I'm five foot four. And um, I've looked at myself at 145 pounds, which was kind of my high water mark where I was really uncomfortable in my clothing and nothing wrong with, with either of those weights. But I kind of look the same when I look in pictures. And it's because I had not, I had been doing the wrong things to burn calories, which is mm-hmm. excessive hit in cardio, running, spin classes, and I wasn't really focused on building strength and gaining muscle. And so my body just sort of looked the same, that kind of skinny fat. And um, as a almost 50 year old, I've really put a high priority on getting strong. And here I am finally getting the body that I'd always wanted starving myself for the last 15, 20 years. And so it's, it's really liberating and the changes are incremental, but you know, the, the clients that are consistent and doing the daily activities and not worrying about the results, knowing the results will come are the ones that look back in six months and frankly, don't recognize themselves both mentally and physically. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not a dream body if it's a nightmare to maintain. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. So I know that you mentioned for you personally, like you went through the whole intermittent fasting, you went through the low carb, and I'm sure you see lots of clients that come to you who are also currently on it or have been on it. What are the main, I guess, effects or issues that you see that come from women doing intermittent fasting and low carb diets? 
So I don't think either of those tools are innately bad. Mm -hmm. Um, There is definitely a time and a place for someone to be low carb or even carnivore. Um, And there's definitely lots of of, uh, benefits to fasting. But I think um, the majority of women approach it because it's presented like a weight loss quick fix. And what um, eliminating food groups does or eliminating carbs, all that does is downregulate your metabolic health. And you're also missing out on lots of deep nutrition. You know, a lot of these carbohydrate rich foods and dairy foods um, that have been villainized are the ones that are loaded with the magnesium and the potassium and the trace minerals that we need for proper cell response and thyroid health. I mean, we have an epidemic of hypothyroidism as well. Mm. You know, why, why are women struggling with thyroid health? Why are we struggling with infertility? And I think it's because our nutritional focus has been on the wrong thing. We focus Mm -hmm. on the big picture of macronutrients instead of the smaller, more nuanced picture of the micronutrients. And when it comes to fasting, you know, you mentioned it before, you know, men are on a 24 hour clock while women are on a monthly 28, 30 ish day clock. But we're also on a circadian clock where, you know, we're when connected to the earth and we should be rising when the sun comes up and really winding down when the sun goes down and eating in between. And what I find is with most women, our cortisol is really, you know, increasing rapidly in the mornings and it should our cortisol should be building in the mornings but things like drinking coffee on an empty stomach or immediately getting on your phone or your laptop and not going outside and getting any sort of natural light into your eyes or skipping breakfast all of that just increases our cortisol which you know, consequently increases our stress. And Mm. when our stress is increased, we're increasing inflammation, we are impairing thyroid health, we're stressing our adrenals. And, um, you know, we gain weight over time when we do all that. Um, If a woman wants to fast, and I actually covered this in a masterclass um, just a few days ago, Um, I tell them, first of all, that's not the first thing you need to be doing. You need to make sure that you're deeply nourishing yourself and moving your body appropriately for your age. And then once you have those steps in place, if you want to add fasting as an additional marker, then absolutely do that. But it needs to be done in a female physiologically appropriate way. And to me, that means skipping dinner, not skipping breakfast. Breakfast is really important for a woman's hormones. Mm, I love that. And when you look at all of the study about fasting and intermittent fasting specifically, majority of it is done on men. And I mean, oh, that's yeah. with a lot of the health yep. studies out there, isn't it? Because women- Bro are, science. Yeah, literally. And because women, you know, we do have that hormonal fluctuations through our cycles. We are more likely to get pregnant, all of that sort of stuff. So it's really hard to find a lot of studies that are done on women because it's easier yep. to track it on men. And so it's interesting when it comes to fasting and, you know, we constantly hear these benefits after benefits after benefits, yet they're all benefits for men because it's being tested on men. And so I love mm-hmm. that your approach is so much around, well, 
you know, go with your circadian rhythm. And at the end of the day, like we all fast overnight while we're sleeping anyway. Yes. So if you can, you know, even incorporate it into, well, you have dinner as the sun goes down or, you know, your last meal as that sun goes down and, and the first meal as the sun comes up, you will have fasted over that period anyway. So, and you're then working with your circadian rhythm, which I think is incredible that that's the approach that you take. And I could not agree more that, you know, starting the morning with a good nourishing meal not having coffee on on an empty stomach you know even for women learning to if you work out first thing in the morning have something to give your body a little bit of extra fuel yes. rather than putting your body under like so much stress as well and just looking yes, for we, type of exercise we do not do well working out fasted no matter how many people tell you oh you're gonna burn more fat no as women really we're just burning through our muscle and that's the whole thing we're trying to grow there's there's really no benefit to a woman working out fasted um yeah absolutely so what would you say are some of like the best foods that women can start to incorporate to support their hormonal health obviously everybody's going to be so incredibly different but just some of those top foods that you know do really support hormone health uh, I would say fruit, first of all, um, yeah. across the board, I encourage my clients, no matter what, you know, nuanced diagnosis they are labeled with to eat at least a cup of fruit a day in two half cup servings and always paired with a protein because we want to keep our protein and our carbohydrates balanced. But, you know, I see a massive potassium deficiency in women and uh, here in the U.S., um, our government recommends that women have about 2,800 milligrams of potassium a day, when in reality, we need closer to 4,000. When we hit that 4,000 mark, beautiful things start to happen. I have seen women, you know, reduce, if not completely eliminate their thyroid medication and put their autoimmune markers um, into the remission range. Um and have energy and focus in those potassium rich foods also happen to be those carbohydrate rich foods. And so we're looking at the avocados and the mushrooms and the bananas and the potato. I can't tell you how many years I didn't eat a potato because I was literally afraid of it. Mm. And a potato is just one of the best things we can eat, really. Mm, I love all of that. And yeah, it's incorporating foods that you were once told maybe not to have and actually, yep. you know, the benefits. And, you know, for women, I see so often is healthy fats. And especially if women have come from a background of tracking calories or macros, things like that. Obviously, you know, the fats can be more on the calorie dense side. So yeah. women will naturally cut those out first if they're trying to eat really low. And the detrimental impact that that has on your health and your hormone health is just insane. And then also knowing that, you know, like you said, we need to focus in on those micronutrients as well. And, you know, your nutrients like your vitamin A, D, E, and K, they're mm -hmm. fat soluble. So which means yes. if you're cutting out all of those fats because you want to eat as little as possible, your body then probably actually can't absorb some of those micronutrients, which then makes you, you know, have micro, uh, micronutrient deficiencies, which then you know, leads to a whole host of other complications. So this is where it's really important to look at, again, the bigger picture and look at, okay, well, are you incorporating all of your macronutrients, your carbs, your fats, your proteins, and are you incorporating all of your micronutrients, your fruits, your veggies, your carbs, your grains, all of that, which yes. is um, so important to address it all, which is amazing. Now, I do have some quick fire questions for you. Are you ready for these? Sure. 
Of course. Awesome. First one is what is one thing that you must do every morning to set your day up? Have my adrenal cocktail. I can't miss it. And it, and it has changed. Well, traditionally an adrenal cocktail, you know, it's whole food, vitamin C, potassium, and sodium. So traditionally it's made with orange juice Mm -hmm. um, because women over 40, um, as we lose estrogen, have a tendency to become insulin resistant over time. I do look for the sort of non-juice solutions. And so Mm -hmm. I'm currently loving this acerola cherry dried powder for my vitamin C that I mix with coconut water and a little pinch of high quality salt, but I have to have it every morning. I go, I, I make that, I go outside with my dogs and I get that early morning light right in my face every morning. I love it. What is one thing everyone can do every day to improve their life? Go on a long walk. Mm. No matter the weather, go outside take a walk. We always feel better when we take a walk. Literally, mentally and physically. What is your favorite quote and why? Oh gosh, what is my favorite quote? Honestly, I don't know that I have one. I probably, well, I don't even know that I have a favorite book, honestly. There's so many. many. I mean... I would just say, you know, as far as inspirational quotes, you know, I was talking to my daughter over the weekend. Um, It's so important to own your own power, right? Our destiny is, is so within our own grasp. If there's something about your life that you don't like, you have the power to change it. And a lot of times we get so stuck in our own heads that we can't lose the weight because, you know, we are genetically predisposed to be overweight or um, mentally, we're always going to struggle with depression, or it could be something tangible like your finances or your partner, you know, your friend group, all of that can be changed. And so just to own our power and um, take ownership of our lives, I think is so important. Oh, I love that. 100%. This is it. This is your one shot at life. There's no coming back. There's no take twos of this. So, you know, reach your full potential, become that healthiest version of yourself and be able to live a life that you want to live. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. Now, one question that I do love to ask all my podcast guests is in the distant future, when you are looking back at your life, what do you feel like will be your biggest achievement or one thing that you'll actually be most proud of. And now this could be something that you've actually already done, or it could also be something that you're hoping to do in the future. Oh, goodness. Uh, hands down, my kids. So proud of them. Yeah. Um, you know, my husband and I joke a lot. We got a lot of problems. Our kids are not one of them. And just to see them, you know, they're on the cusp of adulthood. I have a 21, a 20, and a 17-year-old. And to watch their lives unfold is such an exciting and gratifying time. Yeah. Um, we made the investment to homeschool our kids because I really wanted to be front and center in shaping their worldview. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that we took the time and the sacrifice to do that. Um, because the humans that they are becoming are incredible and they're just going to do amazing things in the world. 
I love that. That's incredible. Now, did you want to tell the audience if you have anything exciting coming up for them and where can the listeners actually go to find you? So um, I am Restore Health Lab on Instagram. And um, goodness, I do have a podcast. I've actually taken a break over the last year, but I think I'm going to invite you to be on my podcast too. I think this would be great. It's called The Reset Button, and it's all about restoring metabolic health. Mm -hmm. And I um, do work one-on-one with clients. Most of my clients are based in the U.S. and Canada. I do have just a handful of international clients. But last month, I launched a membership because I really want um, access to integrative nutrition and lab testing to be affordable and accessible for the vast majority. And so it's a community where we have a lot of on-demand online learning, but we do monthly group coaching and master classes. And uh, so far, it's super fun. And um, I think the link to that is on my social media and on my website. That sounds incredible. Absolutely. And I will pop all of the links in the show notes for easy access for all of the listeners. Perfect. So thank you. Check it all out, which is incredible. But thank you so much, April, for coming on and sharing absolutely everything that you have. It has been such an interesting conversation that we've had today. And I think so many, so many women will be having a little moment of reflection or aha moments or be really inspired to actually get to the root of their current hormonal issues that they're experiencing. So thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. I hope that women are just encouraged. You know, we it's time for us to stop settling and start digging to um, not just survive, but thrive. Absolutely. I love it. What an amazing episode today with April Miller. I would love to hear what your one key takeaway was from today. So just head over to my Instagram, KJ Wellness with three S's, send me a DM because I absolutely love connecting with you all. Or if you know somebody who is currently experiencing some hormonal imbalances or hormonal difficulties, then definitely send this podcast episode to them. It might just help them in one way or another. I will chat with you in the next episode very soon. Until then, you take care. Bye.